welcome to another episode of the Mad Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Begley, Goni, and Wayne. What is up, Mad Mob? Back at it again with the best series of the preseason. Gentlemen, how are we? Much better than Joe Burrow. Ouch. Yeah, brutal, bro. Got carried off on a in a cart today. I don't think it's anything serious. Probably just a calf strain, but you never want to see that. Do you cart for calf strains? That was news to me. You you cart for anything. You cart for your QB one for your franchise guy. Yeah, you do. If he stubs his toe, you you roll a cart into his kitchen. <laughs> you got. To- <laughs> That's so true, man. That's so true. All right. Episode three of the series where we give our Dark Horses locks and busts. This episode, we are on the south. Goni, you are, it looks like we're in uh, order for you to start first. Where are we starting? AFC, NFC? Let's start with the AFC. Let her rip. Start with the AFC lock that I have for this year. It's going to be Derrick Henry, currently being drafted in the middle of the second round as the RB7. He finished last year as the RB4 with over 1,500 yards, second best in the league, 13 touchdowns. He also had a career high in receptions and receiving yards. I know he's going to be 30 years old this year. There's going to be plenty of skeptics out there, uh, you know, doubting that he might still have it or this might be the fall-off year, but he still had freakish athleticism last year he had 10 carries of 20 plus yards which was the second most of his career he had four carries of 40 plus yards which tied his career high same year that he broke 2,000 yards man's a lock for another 300 carries the offense runs through him no matter what he's finished three of the last four seasons as a top five running back with the exception of two seasons ago where he broke his foot midway through the season he was on an absolute tear that year as well uh I mean Titans brought in DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to help out the offense. It's going to help out King Henry as well. You can't really just stack the box anymore with seven or eight defenders. So I feel like that's going to go a long way. They're going to keep feeding him the rock, man. Nothing's going to change. Mike Vrabel loves the way that they play football there with the run game and defense. And the addition of DeAndre Hopkins only make things better. I feel like it's an easy lock for Derrick Henry. RB7 or better this year. Going when I when I first saw this pick come through, I didn't like it. I wanted to hate on it, but I thought about it, I sat on it, and I think I'm on your side here. I think he's slipping into a little bit of that, you know, little outside of where he probably should be drafted. I think in ADP, I'm with you. It's the volume, dude. The volume is is still going to be great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously his metal foot scares me. But, uh, you know, I think they're going to ease Tajay Spears in, into uh, his role. But it, nobody's going to take volume away from Derrick Henry. Begs, give us your lock. My AFC lock. Just whenever you're done flossing your teeth. Man, I had some uh, corn on the cob tonight. I had some Mexican street corn with dinner. And I've got kernels in every crevice. All right, sorry, I'm going to put up here. AFC lock. Tank Bigsby. ADP is currently 146, which is in the 13th round. Look, this one's probably not a uh, 
This one's probably a little high for us normally when we talk about our locks. <laughs> but Jacksonville traded up in the third round to get Tank. Doug Peterson is notoriously an RB by committee. He single-handedly ruined Miles Sanders' career up in Philly. You know, for me, this is a PPR play. Uh, Travis Etienne underwhelmed in the pass game last year. Only had 35 catches, 31st in target share amongst running backs. Just was not involved in the passing game. Tank already in OTAs is impressing. He only has Dearness Johnson there for competition, who got under a million dollars on a one-year deal. I think Tank is a guy you want to have to stash, and I think around middle of the year, uh, I think he can work your way into a flex position. Um, I think he's a locked out perform that ADP to me. Look, look to see him on the field in third down. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the upside. I like the potential. I definitely think that he could he could crack that. I didn't know ETN had so few receptions out of the backfield, but I've also seen that they don't want to necessarily make him a workhorse back. So someone's going to get play there, and it's looking like he's the front runner. Yeah. I think so, man. Like I said, it, it's a PPR-only play for me. But, but, yeah. Was this your dark horse or your lock? This was my lock. I think I, he. I think he definitely returns ADP value where he's at. I agree. <laughs> you know, I, here's the thing, man. For me, you guys know I'm gonna target wide receivers in my drafts, and I think I want to stockpile my bench. You know, with backup RBs. You're, no, it's it's a lock with upside. I understand. That's that's kind of what I did here. I'm not. I know. I'm not making fun of you. It's a lock with upside. He, I, he's not. He's not studly enough that that you can that you feel comfortable calling him a dark horse. But but he's definitely going to return value, and he's got upside. That's fair. That's kind of where I'm at with my lock. Honestly, I didn't go as far back as you did, but but I'm more of a lock with upside kind of guy this time. Uh, my AFC South lock is Traylon Burks. He's ADP eighty three, wide receiver thirty eight. Um, I lost a few doinks on him last year, but I'm not going to let that keep me from uh, acknowledging his potential this year. Uh, Burks finally started to get the ball in the latter half of the season and averaged 12 fantasy points per game in the last six games of the year, getting 33 of 54 targets for 444 yards. Uh, he's 6'2", 225, a bruiser who wins at the line, and he ranked fifth among rookies in yards per route last year. Uh, Tanny obviously doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies, and this is still a run-heavy offense. Uh, Derrick Henry isn't getting any younger, uh, and his rush attempts have gotten lower and lower year over year since he rushed for a million yards. Uh, and like I said before, his his metal foot. And, you know, we've already said I think he's going to do what he's going to do, but uh, something's got to give. Uh, D-Hop came in to go against the one on defense. Robert Woods left, and that's vacating 93 targets. Uh, it's not a beautiful situation, which is uh, why I'm only locking him in at, at WR three. But but like I just said for Begley, I think he's got a, I think he's got good upside. Long live Traylon, man! At, at his at his ADP, I think he's the receiver to own uh, in Tennessee. He's scary again for me this year. I know you guys were both on on Traylon Burks last year, and had he not gotten hurt then he, I probably would have lost the doink against Wayne for sure. He tore it up. He was a target machine. He looked really good. I'm just nervous. I'm nervous again this year, though. They bring in D-Hop, so he's not the one anymore. And 
the passing pie is not very large in Tennessee. That could change this year. You never know. I really want you to be right on this. As much as I hated on him last year, like I want you to be right. I feel like he has the tools and the talent to do it. He just scares me. That's fair, and that's why I think it's very helpful that Robert Woods is leaving because he had almost 100 targets last year. So those definitely need to be put back on the table for Traylon Burks to do anything with D-Hop coming in. That's fair. Moving on, the AFC bust for the South. Michael Pittman is who I'm taking this year. He's currently being drafted in the sixth round as the wide receiver 27. He took a step backwards last year going from – little over a thousand yards to 925 despite seeing 12 more targets in one less game everyone knows the offense was terrible between matt ryan playing quarterback as bad as he was and jonathan taylor letting everyone down through injuries and just kind of poor play colt signed gardner Minshew in the offseason and they also selected anthony richardson at 14th overall chances are nowadays if you select a guy that high he's going to play he's going to see the field at some time Gardner Minshew might get a couple games in there but usually with these guys going so high you want to you want to play with the toy that you just drafted Uh, he's unpolished everyone knows that he's got accuracy issues that he needs to work out Pittman's not a burner by any means that he doesn't get down the field he's more of a possession and slant guy I kind of see it as a rebuilding year for the Colts kind of develop their players as well Uh, and the Track record for wide receivers working with with mobile quarterbacks in the first year is is not great. I got a a couple examples of it. Hollywood in his first year with Lamar Jackson, 584 yards, seven touchdowns. And I'm counting Lamar's MVP season where he he was the quarterback for the entire year, not the few games that he had his actual rookie season. Uh, So he finished wide receiver 46. Zay Jones, wide receiver 35 in Josh Allen's first year. Mooney, Darnell Mooney with Fields, a little bit better, wide receiver 23. And then the last one I got for you is Larry Fitz, wide receiver 25 with Kyler. I say that because the last two to me are ceilings. And Larry Fitz is a Hall of Fame wide receiver, and Darnell Mooney got 140 targets that year that he did it. So uh, it's there, the ceiling's there, but if it's only four spots ahead of where Pittman is being drafted. I don't like the the return on investment that you might be getting, and it's a little too r- risky for me. So I feel like it's an easy bus candidate. I'm absolutely rocking with you on this one. He is on the, he is on my do not draft list this year. Scared to death. Just of scary. It. Scary. Yeah, we, we obviously thought he was going to do really good with Matt Ryan coming in, and then we got a glimpse of – what he can be with a bad quarterback when Matt Ryan didn't pan out and just the, going into this year, we actually know that he's got a bad quarterback. So, so I agree with this one. All right. My AFC bust Deandre Hopkins, ADP of 47. Wayne kind of touched on a little bit. So did Goni, you know, Tennessee already has a very small passing pie. Uh, D hop is now 31. Um, it's now has two seasons where he's finished above wide receiver 40 due to injury and suspension. No, I, to, to me, that matters, right? If you look at wide receivers um, over the age of 30, um, looking back over the last decade, who have scored 225 fantasy points, it's 5%. It's a very small sample size. Um, I don't think this is the offense for D-Hop to get to that 225 mark in PPR, which is not a strong mark to begin with. 
I'd rather have Traylon Burks um, four rounds later at the ADP. I think there's better upside there. And, and let's just talk about something. He took the money, boys. He didn't chase a ring. He took the money. Mm, I don't good know. Point. I, something about I'm, me, I, you know, I'm not blaming him, right? I mean, I, you know, if I was in his shoes, I might take the money too. But give me the competitor, not the guy who just wants to get the guaranteed $12 million right off into the sunset. I'm still a little upset the Patriots didn't sign him. I don't know if we were necessarily the ring choice in that equation, uh, but I would have loved it for the development of Mac Jones and get a chance to play with Bill Belichick. You missed the train on Tom Brady, but Bill's still there. Yeah. Yeah, what? Did it surprise you all he took the money and, and instead of chasing a ring? A little bit. I mean, I don't know. I think the Titans probably win the division, right? It's going to be them or the Jaguars. I, mean, I think the Jags are heavy front runners to me, right? I mean, they're good every year. They play good defense, and they've already done it with practically no one playing wide receiver. So I, I don't know. I could see they they could they could sneak into the playoffs regardless, but I don't see you going into the AFC is a powerhouse. We've talked about this plenty of times. You're not going into Buffalo and winning one. You're not going into Cincy and winning one. And you're not going into KC and winning one. So Vegas has Jacksonville as the favorites, minus 155. Tennessee is okay. second, plus 310. So All right. kind of a long shot there. But I'm with you. I mean, if they're gonna, if anybody's going to beat Jacksonville, it'll be Tennessee. Not to mention, let's not forget what Julio Jones did when he went to Tennessee. Or okay. Andre Johnson. Or Randy Moss. Yeah, I mean, just studs have gone to Tennessee to die. Die, man. And everything in my bone says D-Hop is too much of a stud to, for that to happen. But, I mean, there's there's been some freak athletes that have let their career die in Tennessee. That's a good point. Yeah. I, as much as it, like, makes me feel bad rocking with it, I I can rock with that bust. Just you know, if he was going in the sixth, right? I'm, I'm taking D Hop, but but right now it's in the fourth, and you're looking at guys like Jerry Judy. You're looking at you know Joe Mixon, Amari Cooper, Hollywood, Hollywood, DJ Moore, Damian Pierce. I mean, I we're gonna have all these guys. I think that then D Hop. Well, let me rain on your parade because my AFC. Do you want to say something first? Go. My bad. I was going to say I'm I'm with you though as well. I don't I'm not going to draft DeAndre Hopkins anywhere. I feel like it's a classic case if you do take him in a redraft this year of you're drafting him for what he's done in the past, not what he's going to do for you in the future. Mm-hmm. My AFC bust is Damian Pierce. Uh ADP 51 running back 19. Uh Pierce to me is a pure volume guy, uh, but he's not efficient at all. He's on a bad team, on a bad offense, so RB19 is too rich for my blood. Uh, when you have guys like Alexander Madison, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, and Javante Williams behind him, last year he ranked 27th in yards per rush with 4.26 yards per rush. And I thought, well, that's it's a bad passing offense, so I dove a little bit further. And uh, the average amount of defenders he faced in the box was 6.42, which ranked him at 33rd with a 9.1% stack box percentage. Uh, addition of Singletary in the backfield, there's just no possible way that he can make a jump 
from the RB28 he finished as last year to the RB19 this year. That Things have only gotten worse for him. There's no way he makes that jump, in my opinion. I, I couldn't agree anymore. And I don't think you can discount the Devin Singletary signing, right? They went out and got him for two years, paid him money. Uh, Damian Pierce notoriously got no third down work. I think his PPR upside is very limited. And I think Singletary is on the field on third down. I agree. His PPR territory is terrible. I had him last year in a redraft league. And I felt good because of the volume, but it's one of those games where he's going to carry the ball 16, 17, 18, maybe up to 20 times and get maybe 80, 90 yards or so. And if he doesn't score a touchdown for you, then you're not happy. He's not going to catch the ball out of the backfield. It's just not part of the game. And you guys are right. I don't I don't see that happening this year to give him the bump. I feel like there's no way. This is a great one, Wayne. I don't think there's any way at all Damian Pierce finishes ninth RB better. or better. Yeah. I yeah, agree. no way. I agree. I agree. For, for for reference, I traded him for Antonio Gibson in a first in, in a league we're all in together, and I would do it a hundred times over. Excellent value. Yeah, yeah, getting that first. Spicy. All right, moving on. I'm not skipping anyone, am I? Go forth, young laddie. <laughs> it happened twice. Or or thrice even last week. That's man. that's why we're letting you go first, it. man. Just get it over hey. with and just sit back. <laughs> I end up missing the rotation anyways. Beggs is gonna go on one of these and I'm gonna be like, all right, onward and just still cut you off, Wayne. All right, moving on. We're going to the dark horses. AFC South. Nico Collins is my dark horse this year. Currently being drafted in the back of the 14th round as the wide receiver 62. Sheesh. He's right now, he's listed on the depth chart as the number two wide receiver behind the elderly, the old, Robert Woods, Bobby Trees. Ugh. Uh, I mean, he's missed 10 games out of a possible 34 so far through his first two years. And when he's been on the field, he's had an abysmal offense to play with. David Davis Mills obviously wasn't the answer there. Uh, C.J. Stroud, they drafted him. He's automatically the best quarterback that he's ever going to play with. Uh, when he was on the field last year, he averaged over six targets a game, and that was behind Brandon Cooks, who got traded to the Cowboys. And uh, in OTAs, in minicamp, C.J. Stroud has found him as the favorite target. Head coach D'Amico Ryans has referred to him already as the big guy with the best hands on the team. That's a great endorsement from your head coach. Uh, he's got excellent measurables. He's 6'4", 215. He runs a 4'4". He's going to play on the outside. They drafted a bunch of small guys to play the slot this year. And, I mean, the defense is still going to be really, really bad. They're going to pass the ball a lot. C.J. Stroud is definitely going to get broke in. I think he's going to be a target machine this year, and I think he absolutely finishes better than his ADP of wide receiver 62. Yeah. I agree. I was a big Nico guy in college. He played played for Michigan. I watched the, watched him play quite a bit. Um, I completely agree. Goni, do you know off the top of your head where where he finished last year? Finished as the wide receiver seventy seven, missing ten games. Missed seven, played ten. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, backwards. So uh, you know, sorry, Wayne. Go ahead. So they're saying he's going to finish roughly the same with. It's got to be a better quarterback just because Robert Woods got there. There's no way. 
like you said, I mean, it, it just his measurables alone will will get him better than that. Yeah, I agree with this. It doesn't make sense that they're that Robert Woods is going to elim- like make him stay there when he missed seven games last year, and he's getting a better quarterback. Yeah. There's a four-game stretch last year from weeks 10 to 13. I think that's when Brandon Cooks was, was having his troubles. Three double-digit finishes. I mean, and it's year three of the breakout, right? I mean, wide receivers tend to show out in year three. He he snuck into a few of your all's uh, weekly fantasy lineups, didn't they? Didn't he? Indeed, he did. It was it was during that ten to thirteen. I, I'm pretty sure he saw double digit targets in a couple of those weeks. He's uh, he's definitely gotten his a couple times. And Brandon Cooks being gone, Robert Woods doesn't scare me at all. Not at all. And I, Goni, I'm going to ride your coattails uh, on this one. My AFC dark horse is Tank Dell. Like minds, we think something's going to come out of that Houston offense. Um, you know, a lot of times I think Nico might be kind of a trendy dark horse pick right now. So just in case you miss on him, I, I think Tank Dell at 208 might be a suitable option. You know, it's a, as Goni said, it's a light wide receiver room. You have John Mechie, Robert Woods, and Nico. We really don't know what Mechie is. We saw what Robert Woods was, was last year, and it wasn't great. Texans trade up to get him. He's in the third round, he played at Houston last year, led the nation in receiving yards and touchdowns. Uh, where it is that C.J. Stroud asked the front office to draft this kid. He's going to be on the field as their main punt returner. Um, you know, he's getting praise in OTAs. There's no you know, concerns about him getting cut. He's going to be on the roster. I think kind of like Wandale, somebody's going to be the number one in Houston. Um, he's a small guy. He's going to be in the slot, you know. It's a dart throw. The passing game has to get better, right? I mean, it, ha- it can't get any worse. Has to. Well, their defense is bad, which is fantasy gold. So as long as Stroud is competent, like it, it it's going to be good. It's going to be good for everyone. He's going to have his growing pains. But, Begs, I mostly like the pick because it'll cost you absolutely nothing. Right. An ADP of 208, you can, yeah. you can let your whole draft pass you by and not pick him in. Yeah, just grab them in free agency after the risk reward factor is is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I like it. My dark horse, and this will wrap up the AFC, is Christian Kirk, whose ADP is seventy five, wide receiver thirty two. Uh, as I was scrolling through, this one really made no sense to me. Uh, Christian Kirk was a wide receiver one last year. Uh, Calvin Ridley emerges, and all of a sudden, we think Christian Kirk's going to plummet. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags offense finally figured it out and opened up last year. And Christian Kirk was a big part of that. 133 targets, over 1,100 yards, and eight tutties. Half of his red zone targets were in the end zone as well, so they trust him in the most important part of the field. Do I think he gets 133 targets this year? No, eight tutties, probably not. But I do think he's more efficient now that they have to slide a stud over to cover Calvin Ridley. Um I'm not saying he's going to repeat as a wide receiver one this year. Um, just probably not going to happen. But definitely a mid-tier wide receiver two uh, is where I think he lands. Uh, no way do I think you know a, a year removed Calvin Ridley is going to cause Kirk to plummet from a one to a back-end flex on one of the most improved offenses in the NFL. 
not to mention the Jags passed the ball the ninth most uh, in the NFL last year, and I think that trend continues. I couldn't agree with this anymore. I'd rather have Christian Kirk at his ADP than Calvin Ridley at his all day, twice on Sunday. And I, I think a, a big thing about Kirk's profile, his average depth of target was nine yards, which is seven, 70th in the league. Pro Football Focus put an article out that I read the other day that Trevor Lawrence is captain checkdown. Nobody throws the ball shorter in the NFL than Trevor <laughs> Lawrence. I don't think he changes his makeup just because Calvin Ridley joined. Um, I like Christian Kirk, man, a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't think he changes what works either. He kind of came into his own last year. He he actually looked like a guy who was picked number one in the draft, and he showed out. He took a giant step forward last year, and I expect it to just continue rolling. So I feel like the Jaguars are just going to be one of those teams that are is gradually just going to get more and more fun to watch. They've been the laughing stock of the league for ever, forever. Yep. So I mean, it's good. I feel good for him. You know, they paid him. He he got the bag when he went there. Remember, everybody was laughing at his contract. It looks we, like we were talking it. We we were calling it the uh, crappy team tax. That's yeah. why he got paid so much, and that man earned it. He earned it last year. So yeah. now nah, it's good. Good for him, and I I only hope good things for it as well. Yeah. Wayne, your picks were a spot on, I think, bro. Solid. Yeah, that was pretty solid, pretty solid all around. I don't think we had any poop ones through the AFC. Nope. See if we get the same luck in the let's, NFC. Yeah, yeah, let's see if it, things change. <laughs> Moving on. Back to the locks, going to the NFC South. Taking Miles Sanders this year. He's currently being drafted in the fifth round as the RB20. He's coming off a career year that he ran for over 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, came from the Eagles. He's now a Carolina Panther. I think he's going to be utilized as a three-down back. Chuba Hubbard sucks, just flat out. Like he He's still there. He's he's the only guy, Deonta Foreman left, who was pretty solid last year for a guy not being named Christian McCaffrey. Um, his carries per game average was – it went from 13.5 to 16.4 over his four-year career with Philly. And to me, having Miles Sanders in the past, it felt like sometimes they just didn't use him enough. He was he was pretty efficient when he got the ball. They just didn't give it to him enough. So he doesn't really have a lot of wear and tear on his body. I expect his opportunities per game to be higher than they've really ever been. It's probably going to be at the cost of yards per carry and his touchdowns. I'm not going to lie. That's probably going to happen. They also drafted Bryce Young, which might be a boost to his his receiving work. Uh, kind of just as a, a check down on on early downs, kind of helping Bryce Young develop and go through there. Philly didn't really pass the ball to the running backs at all last year. Uh, they also have zero, exactly zero, established playmakers for the Carolina Panthers. We've got Jonathan Mingo, who they drafted. They've got Hayden Hurst at tight end. They've got Adam Thielen, who's super old, and DJ Chark. Uh, I mean, I like the value here. I think he's a lock for top 20, and I think he's got potential to finish even better than that. Yeah, man. You know, he was a guy that I really wasn't wasn't super high on. He was just kind of – I was kind of indifferent, but I know that's been your guy, and uh, you've kind of whittled me down into drafting Miles Sanders now. Carolina's always produced serviceable running backs in recent history, even before Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you had Jonathan Stewart that was uh, – 
an RB2 guy forever. And then you look at the people that have filled in in Christian McCaffrey's injuries, and they're always serviceable. So um, now that they actually have some decent talent, I don't see why uh, that trend is going is going to go down. It's not like they've had studs, stud playmakers for them that have taken the ball away from the running back. So, yeah, I like this one. It, and relatively fresh. Didn't really get used a lot in Philly. Follow the money. You don't invest that money in a running back and not use them heavily. All right, my NFC lock is my absolute favorite player in the league. I will die on this hill uh, until he's out of the league. Drake London, the most slept-on player in fantasy football. ADP of 53, which I think is ludicrous. You know, last year he finished as wide receiver 31, but not that impressive. I'll give you that. But you know what? It was against all odds. Arthur Smith had that offense looking absolutely archaic. It really did look like Lombardi was running the, the old Packers sweep out there. Marcus Mariota was atrocious. There's a reason he is out of the league currently. He showed what he had, and it wasn't great. Um, you know, just for reference, Drake London had a 79.5% catchable target rate last year, which was 31st in the league. Horrendous. You know, on a positive side, 117 targets, heavily targeted, target share of 30%, fifth best in the league, target rate of 32, which was number two in the league. I think the addition of Bijan's only going to make his life easier. Uh, to end the year last year, Pro Football Focus graded Drake London as the highest graded rookie wide receiver in the league, beating Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Second in yards, route per run. He just turned 22 in July. He's a baby. He's younger than a lot of rookies coming in this year. And if you look over his last five games with Desmond Ritter, averaged over 10 targets a game. Um, I think this offense is going to throw more. I think it has to. It can't throw any less. Um, if it did, they just need to run three tight ends out on on every play. I think Atlanta wins wins the division, by the way. I think this is a team that Vegas right now has over under eight wins. Give me Atlanta for my money. That's substantial. That is substantial. Honestly, I really want to see them take a, a jump forward here. And the stat that stuck out the most to me was a 30% target share. Yeah. That's that's large. That's Devontae Adams large. That's Whoa. Justin Jefferson large. Like, if they just have confidence at the quarterback position, then, yeah, I feel like he's going to absolutely destroy PPRE to death. And, yeah, Bijan's only going to help that. So. To the moon. Yeah. Yep. And absolutely nobody respected the pass game last year. Nobody. And you got to respect it a little bit this year. So, Bijan, but uh, the run game wasn't respected either. I mean, this offense just was not scary at all. Um, uh, now that they're upgrading at the two most important skill positions on the offensive side, uh, sky's the limit for this Atlanta offense. But the, the Bucks run south. Offensive punt play call sheet. My NFC South lock, promise it's not a homer pick. My lock is the legendary Mike Evans. His ADP is 77, which puts him at the wide receiver 33. And I'm going to state the obvious. His quarterback sucks, and he's getting old. That being said, he's only 29, so he's not completely over the hill. And he has really only had a good quarterback for one, maybe two years out of Tom Brady. 
Jameis barely peaked 4,000 yards twice in his tenure with Mike Evans, and those were his best years, uh, not to mention he threw 121 touchdowns to 88 interceptions, and Mike Evans was still a perennial 1,000-yard receiver. No matter how bad the quarterback is, he's still a six foot five, 230-pound monster of a target whose worst fantasy finish in his nine-year career, despite the injuries, is 22nd, and he finished as 22nd back in 2015. Last year, he finished the best in his career, top five in contested catch rate, which shows that he still has the ability to beat defenders despite lack of separation or less than pretty passes, which is going to be uh, obviously happening a lot more with Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield, whoever's throwing it to him. Uh, do I think there's a bit of a drop-off? Of course. Um, that's why he's not my dark horse at wide receiver 33. He's my lock. Um, if Mike Evans is in your flex spot, you're going to be thrilled with the output he gives you. I'll, I'm going to take it a step further, Wayne. I, I think he is a dark horse qualifier. I think he's like Christian Kirk. He's being slept on because of the situation. I think the quarterback situation, a uh, little bit of a spoiler, hurts the other receivers a little more than it hurts Mike. He's a red zone machine. He's a guy you can chuck the ball downfield. Baker's a gunslinger. Assuming he wins the job, that's what he is. Mike's going to have his, his opportunities. And let's be honest, Brady was throwing ducks last year. He looked horrible. I don't think he could have thrown the ball 15 yards downfield with, with the tight spiral by the end of the year. Um, I like Mike. I, I actually like him a little better with Baker. Can I say that? Is that crazy? Than last year, Brady? No, no. And that's kind of what I was thinking of as well. Is And, and Brady kind of turned Chris Godwin into his guy. Mm-hmm. The shorter stuff. Hey. Death taxes and Mike Evans breaking a thousand yards. I mean, he just does it. Uh, he's not. He's not too old yet. He's, I definitely he's never not him. done it. He's never not done it. Yeah, he's never given reason for us to think otherwise. So I mean, it's not like he's had the Hall of Fame quarterbacks his entire career. He was lucky with the Brady, you know, signing there. But aside from that, guys haven't been great. Um, it's not going to be pretty. It usually never is. Uh, at least over the last few years, he's going to give you uh, a 1.1 point performance. And then he's going to come out and give you a 30 bomb. So, and he's, he's definitely going to miss roughly three games. I was going to say, I was literally going to put the over under at three. Uh, His hamstring will give out on him at some point and he will miss games. That is the disclaimer for this, but He'll still break a thousand yards. He's definitely going to give you a thousand yards. Definitely going to give you flex value. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got a little bit of a, uh, something out of the rumor mill here that just came across the old phone. There are rumors that could soon emerge that wide receiver Devontae Adams will want out from the Raiders and that he wants to join the jets and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, how we feel about that. Wow. Uh, the Jets already have a decent defense, dude. Super Bowl. They've got no wide receivers, though, aside from Garrett Wilson. But if they get Devontae Adams. Oh, if they get Devontae Adams, then they might be the favorites. If not, it's going to be – they'll be second behind the Chiefs. Man. I don't know how you make this happen. That, how do that, you make this happen? That really sucks for Bengals fans, man, because they're just like they hit this rebuild. They're finally on the fringe, 
and then the Jets want to go out and be good. <laughs> the freaking Jets. That's never been good. <laughs> you've already got you've already got the Chiefs and the Bills out there who yeah. are good. Joe it's, Burrow might mess rough. around and be Charles Barkley. <laughs> it already might be, but if he goes there, that's the best division in football, bar none, especially offensively. I think you bump Garrett Wilson down around, bump Devontae up around, right? I ADP think that's line. fair. That's yeah, that's probably fair. Bane. Wow. Shout, It'll be something, shout out, something shout to look to, forward to in the Shout out to Begley Senior who's immediately gonna go get his Rogers Adams combo pack that he's stack, well known baby. for. He'll get the stack, stack. baby. You know yeah, that'll happen stack. for sure. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is going in like the tenth round right now. He'll he'll go up a couple rounds off that as well. Definitely. All right. Moving on to the NFC bust for this year. Guys, I'm taking a, a page out of the Wayne playbook here. I'm going with none. I don't have any. I'm not saying everyone's gonna be good, but I looked through I was looking through the divisions, looking through the players, had a couple thoughts. Oh, I might go with this guy. I might go with that guy. And I just, I checked their ADP. I checked their ADP and I don't really think they're going to fall too much further than that. A couple examples, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, first ones I went to. Wide receiver 26, wide receiver 33, respectively. Michael Thomas, next one I went to. Wide receiver 44. He might not play again this year and he might drop below that, but... That's not something I'm willing to put a doink on. Wide receiver 44 for a guy like that is not a very difficult bar to hit. Rashad White, another one I looked at, RB27. I mean, I feel like that's adequately placed. Drake London, 23. Don't think he's going to fall too much further than that. Bijan's number three, so I guess you can make a case because that's a pretty lofty goal. But in my personal opinion, I feel like he's a lock for top six. So I'm not going to call him a bust off of three spots. So... Like I said, I don't think any of these guys are going to finish far enough from their ADP to consider them a bust, and that's what I went with here. Roast me. Mad Mob, as a red-blooded American through and through, I will pledge. But old dad over here, this old boy is never going to cop out and have a nothing for you. We're going to have names. Thought you were going to pledge dollars just now. I'm not pledging any dollars. I'm only pledging my my words. Your allegiance to the pod. I remember how things things used to work, how they were supposed to work. Wayne started an epidemic. It's a, just a social movement here on the pod. I don't support it. I don't like it. I'm not about it. Mad Mob, I pledge to never give you a name just to fill in a spot for a name. If I'm giving you a bust, then I truly wholeheartedly believe it. Same with my lock. And my dark horse, now that you know that Begley is always going to give you a name just because he needs a name there, take it with a grain of salt, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not. Know that every name that I throw out there, I I wholeheartedly believe in. Mad Mom, I pledge that I will have a red hot-blooded opinion about every player in the league, as us Americans do. I'm I'm going to have an opinion. I'm going to support it with... An argument and a little bit of stats. I pledge to never throw a name out there. Wayne put those words in my mouth, and I wish you wouldn't. Mad Mob, I pledge to not just make an argument for something just to have a name out there. You can make an argument for anything, but that doesn't mean 
that you stand behind the name that you're saying. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not just trying to say it just to say it, really. That's where I'm coming from. So I really look forward to seeing who your bust is, Begs. Take it away. Wait. That being said, we have a certain listener that gave me flack. So you better – you know who you are. You better give Goni some flack, too, and I better see it. Go ahead, Begs. Let's fly our Don't Tread on Me flags loud and proud. Red Hot Americans. We're going to do things the right way over here on this side of the pod. My NFC bust, Chris Godwin. Look, Byron Leftwich is gone. Tom Brady is gone. Bruce Arians has been gone. Todd Bowles is the head coach who is not known for exactly a high-flying offense. Wayne made a lot of these points for me, so I'm just going to touch on the high stuff. We've got a rookie offensive coordinator. Never been OC before. Came from Seattle. Uh, he was the quarterback's coach, Dave Canales. Canales, not really sure how you say that. Either way, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me. Word is, there's a true quarterback debate in Tampa right now. Kyle Trask is giving Baker Mayfield everything he wants. I don't think that really means Kyle Trask is good. I think <laughs> that's probably means Baker Mayfield is is kind of dog water. Uh, Goni, Goni touched on this. Brady's a slot guy. Always been his whole career. I think he he really benefited Chris Godwin pretty significantly. Although Godwin did did get his first place finish with James Winston. Look, he misses a lot of time. I just don't think the passing volume is going to be there like it was with James and Brady. And right in his ADP range, I've got Brandon Ayuk. I've got Hollywood. I've got Judy. I've got Tyler Lockett. These are all guys I'd rather have at that ADP than Chris Godwin. Um, you know, and I thought an interesting fact, sixth in receptions last year, but 18th in points. He's a volume guy. He's not a yak guy. He's not a touchdown guy. He depends on volume. I just don't think it's there this year. That's fair. Can I, can I just say that there's a, there's a certain inner peace that, that comes upon you just knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that your team's just going to suck. It's just, there's no, you're not getting your hopes up. You're not praying for uh, that we get this player, that player, and getting upset that other people in your division might get this player, that player. You just don't care. There's just an inner piece for it. You're just ready for the NFL season to start. I agree. It's a be. It's kind of nice. You would never know, man. You're a Cowboys fan. Every right. year's oh, like, yeah. every year's your year. We're always in it, competitive. <laughs> I've accepted a as a Patriots fan a. 500 give or take one game season hopefully we make the playoffs and then that's about it we're gonna get absolutely destroyed by the bills for 20 years worth of brady beatings josh allen will take out on us so uh yeah that's what i have to look forward to i, ha- I have that inner peace wayne i wasn't i wasn't you know necessarily mad for any of the signings that happened and yeah I, this is just how it's gonna be this is life right now yeah, D-Hop got signed, and you were hoping for him, and you saw it, and you were like, shucks. Yeah, just want it for Mac Jones. He's not going to be Brady, but I want him to be better than Mac Jones. Yeah, I I think that's our way of saying we, we could definitely see a Chris Godwin bust. Who you got, Wayne? Oh, man, time to ruffle some feathers. My NFC South bust is Kyle Pitts. ADP 59, tight end 5. Uh, super tired of the Kyle Pitts truthers. I understand that tight end five is not a hard thing to do, but when you have Goddard, Fryermuth, Waller, Schultz, and Ingram behind them, 
you can find much better value much later in the draft. Uh, they drafted Bijan Robinson on, on one of the most run heaviest offenses in the NFL, uh, and they're going to continue with that trend. Uh, a new quarterback will see his first snaps as the QB one this year. They have Drake London now, so Pitts isn't the number one choice through the air like he's been. Uh, all this assuming he can get and stay healthy this year. Uh, his yards per his yards per catch already almost at at four have almost dropped four yards. Um, from 2021 to 2022, uh, so hopefully his injury history doesn't hinder that any further. I'm just I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. It's Bijan's going to continue to run the ball. They're going to continue to run the ball with Bijan. And what's what was our main argument for Kyle Pitts last two years is he's the number one offensive weapon in Atlanta, and with Drake London, he's not the number one offensive weapon in Atlanta anymore. I disagree on this one. Uh, I think we've we've talked about Pitts a lot on this show. I agree with you. I think Drake London does hurt his target share. I agree. Uh, and I think Bijan's going to certainly get a large piece of the pie. They got 1,000 yards this rookie season. Very impressive from a young tight end. Last year, man, was really an anomaly, I think, of the offense. Mariota was comically bad. There's a, a montage on YouTube of all the overthrows and misthrows to Kyle Pitts. It, you'll laugh your tail off for 15 minutes. It's hilarious. I, I'm not going to look at last year when I'm projecting Kyle Pitts. Plus, he got injured. I don't I don't want to rock with you on this one. I, I don't know that, you know, to me, he's right where he should be. I couldn't disagree more. Couldn't disagree more. Uh, Kyle Pitts, man, I know if you drafted him last year, you were disappointed. It's not his fault. He got hurt. The offense was terrible. They've they've touched on all those things. We saw the talent in year one. Rookie tight ends don't break a thousand yards. They the guys like this don't fall off trees. Oh, it just man. doesn't happen. He finished as the tight end six in his rookie year, and he only scored one one singular touchdown last year. Or I'm sorry, in his rookie year, scored two last year. Regardless of of the target share, is Drake London going to get thirty percent? It's probably going to come down. It'll probably be around like more 25-ish or so. It doesn't take a lot to be a dominant tight end in the league, at least a top five guy. It's it's Kelsey and it's everyone else. Kyle Pitts has the freak athleticism. He's got the speed. He's got everything he needs. He just needs quarterback competence. This, is, this bust was kind of weird for me because, like I said, tight end five isn't a hard thing to do. This bust was more so there's – better value later in my opinion uh do you take do you take Kyle Pitts in the third round Begley or do you take Pat Fryermuth in the sixth you're tugging on his heartstrings with that one Goni do you take Kyle Pitts in the third or do you take Darren Waller in the eighth I mean do you take do you take Kyle Pitts in the third or do you take Goddard and Goddard in the fourth do you take Kyle Pitts in the, Kyle in the third, or do you take Evan Ingram in the fifth? Pitts. I'm I'm good on Ingram, but but the fire moves tough, man. I, I I'll, I'll give you that. I, to me, right? I you know I really like Kyle Pitts. I think he's a slot receiver playing uh, tight end. That's why this, I like Dalton Kincaid. And that's why this bust is a little different. It's it's not that I'm saying he's not capable of finishing as a tight end five. I'm calling him a bust because for the value that you can get of guys that I think have 
yeah, a, a very good chance to finish better than him later in the draft. That that's that's where my bust potential is coming from. Go go. Let me give you a scenario. Just, it's just oh. draft philosophy, though. At that point, go, what's your go, scenario? Let me give you a scenario. Let's say you go wide receiver, wide receiver first two rounds, right? Let's say value right. to you. You can't go Kyle Pitts in the third, right? Unless you go zero RB altogether. I, I, I yeah, yeah, but I kind of see what Wayne's saying, right? Right. I mean, in the third, you've got that Ramondre. Brees Hall, ETN kind of RB, right? That you can add a lot of value. Are you really skipping over those guys and and, and punting RB to go get Kyle Pitts on the roster? I mean, you're asking me for my personal draft philosophy. I'm I'm more of a tight end. Later on, I try to find the diamonds in the rough. That's just how I draft. There's a lot of people who are high. I've never had Travis Kelsey. I'd love to have Travis Kelsey. I can never bring myself when I'm on the clock to draft Travis Kelsey, even though I know he's going to be the tight end one every single year. And he's going to finish so good at tight end one that he ends up being a top eight wide receiver, pretty much eight to 10 wide receiver. You know, this it's facts every single year. It's just my personal philosophy. I can't bring myself to do that. So will I draft Kyle Pitts in the third round? No, never hundred times out of a hundred. We're doing a redraft league. I'm not going to do it, but I absolutely believe in him. Just not the way I build my team. I want him in Dynasty. In a redraft, it's oh, hard absolutely. But in a Dynasty, I want him. All right, yeah. go on. Who you got, man? Dark Horse. On to the Dark Horses. Plays right into what I was just saying as far as the draft philosophy. Going Hayden Hurst. Tight end for the Carolina Panthers. And if you are a return listener on this show from last year, Gerald Everett was my guy last year who was just undrafted that I expected to to shoot up into the top 12. He flirted with it. He was in the top 12 for a little bit. I think he finished as a tight end 13. So I, I missed by a little bit, but for an undrafted guy, not too bad. Hayden Hurst currently being drafted in the 19th round. So not at all, basically not even drafted a little bit. He's the tight end 25. I'm taking a shot on him here. Uh, he's only finished in the top 10 at his position only once in his five-year career. It was with Atlanta with 571 yards and six touchdowns. He finished as the tight end nine. He's on his third team in three years, but Carolina just signed him to a three-year deal. He's part of this rebuild. He's part of this movement. He's got zero competition at his position. And like I touched on before, he's got Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and Jonathan Mingo. As the guys, they, the Panthers traded away DJ Moore to Chicago. Uh, they have a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young who can lean on him as a safety blanket. I fully expect Hayden Hurst to have a career year in targets and receiving yards. Touchdowns may or may not be there, but I definitely think he has the potential to be a top 12 guy. And you don't even have to draft him. So if you punt at the, the tight end position, go ahead and fill up your team with depth at wide receiver and running back and then just take Hayden Hurst with your last picker after the draft. Wayne, I want to speak for you for a second. I, I, I think I can say without saying out of respect for Gerald Everett, I'm not going to say anything about this stupid pick. We're just going to let that one marinate on the airwaves. But Mad Mob, you must know if Goni could choose a kicker for these segments, he would. <laughs> hey, man. You hated on me last year, and you looked dumb for it. You've earned it. Yeah, I just think it's cheating, man. You're taking you're taking Mister Irrelevant for your dark horse. Of course, he's gonna 
course he's going to do better. If he catches a pass, is he's going to do better than what his ADP says. If tight end 25, how many tight ends are in the league? I know there's at least 32. I'm talking about a guy who's not even being drafted, having a phenomenal return on investment. If I gave you a running back or a wide receiver that was all the way back there and they returned the similar kind of value, you'd be over the moon. Yeah, I would. Fantasy for football a wide is all about sure. drafting good value, man. Yeah, it's all about wide, drafting good value. Feels a wide receiver, regardless sure. of position. Not hate, man. Not hate, man. Good. But that was really stupid. Yeah, I, I just, I just hate when Gone started talking for his first like three segments. I was like, this is an infomercial for why we shouldn't draft Hayden Hurst. Three teams in three years, never done it. Kind of a scab, slow. Runs a bad forty. Hey, man. Horrible hands. <laughs> You guys just polish up the turds real nice. You don't ever name any of the cons, man. I'm here to tell you the good and the bad that come with it. We know the bad. It's baked hey. into the ADP. Hey, man, you saw it last year. You hated on it last year. I look forward to you looking dumb again this year. I'm not hating at all. There's no hate out of respect for Gerald Everett. <laughs> okay. I won't hate on the pick. All right, I appreciate all the compliments I was just given. Uh, the, the only... The only good-ish thing I'll say about it is maybe maybe they'll redo Greg Olson. Granted, it's a completely different coaching staff and completely different um, philosophy there now. So, you know, we'll see. Who who are you worried about taking targets on this team? Who's going to be the leader in targets on this team this year? Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall. He's the three right now on the depth chart. Give me a name. Give me a name. Adam Thielen. Doink. Done. Book it. Fantasy points? No. Targets. Wow. We were talking about targets. Why would you move the goalposts like that? Well, I have a. I already have a doink that he's going to be top two in targets on the team this okay. year. Do you? I think it might be with Wayne. Do you want to double down on it? That Adam Thielen is top two in targets? No, that um, Hayden Hurst is top two in targets on yeah. the team. Yeah, let me get in there. Right. Wayne, you mind to scoot over? Give me a little bit of room on there. Pl- plenty of space on this. Good thing is Hayden Hurst has never done it. Am I right? <laughs> He's done it once, so you're wrong. He did it. What was it? Matt Ryan's MVP year? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it sure was. All right, NFC Dark Horse. I'm, I'm going to go quick. We're, we're kind of getting up against the line here. Uh, NFC Dark Horse: Rashid Shahid, ADP of one twenty three. Look, he really exploded in week 12 of last year. Came on late. uh, Double-digit fantasy points, PPR points, three of the last six weeks. Uh, I think we got a significant quarterback upgrade. uh, Derek Carr from Andy Dalton. Really positive buzz coming out of OTAs. Uh, Competition in the receiving room is is light again. Uh, Olave is obviously the one there. I don't think that's going to change. Michael Thomas is 30. I have no confidence in him anymore. Not sure he'll play football again. New Orleans hasn't brought in any competition in the receiving room. They drafted a six-round wide receiver. That's it. And I have a really great statistic that uh, on a PFF grade. Let me uh, let me pull it up here. What's what's Shahid's ADP? One eighty-three. So he received over an eighty PFF grade last year every rookie receiver drafted after round three to do that in history or i guess since they started grading antonio brown doug baldwin 
Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, Amon Ross St. Brown. He belongs in that group of players who have received over an 80 PFF receiving grade who were drafted after round three. That's elite company. Uh, I think he takes a leap this year with Derek Carr. I think he's really good value. Uh, it's just contingent on Mike Thomas not being on the field, I think. Yeah, he definitely showed glimpses of athleticism last year. Uh, it just depends how that offense is going to play out. That's all I got for you. Nothing. No comment. Dang, he's upset. Goni's upset, it's, man. It wasn't not a at all. Dude, Hayden Hurst it's, is a good you're, pick. You're doing it on a contingency, so that's just kind of weird. It's that's what your weird. whole Ramondre Stevenson shtick was on last episode. It was on them I signing a, a running back. He won't be top 12. Take it to the bank. Dude, Hayden Hurst is a good pick, man. I'm sorry. Hey, Gone, would you put a doink that Rashid Shahid exceeds his ADP? What's his ADP? 183. So I don't know. That's like wide receiver 70-ish. I'll put a doink on that. Would you like to? I'd like to actually see the number. I'm not going to take 70-ish as a a response. Well, I'm not quite sure how to get there quickly. Hang on. <laughs> He's Can't pretty fair for class, man. All right, Wayne, you go ahead. I'm I'm gonna count it up. I'll come back. To well, that. I'll help you out a little bit. Uh, my dark horse is Jonathan Mingo. His ADP is 136, which is wide receiver 58. Okay. Got it. Is that helping you out a little bit? ADP 136, wide receiver 58. Uh, I know this man's a rookie, but I think wide receiver 58 is is way too far back for him. Um, at, the, at wide receiver 58, you're saying this man doesn't even deserve a spot and barely deserves a roster spot. I don't see why. He's a big target, 6'2", 220. Uh, the Panthers traded up for Bryce, and with their first pick after Bryce, they immediately got him a weapon in the second in Jonathan Mingo. Uh, his only competition is an old as dirt Adam Thielen like we've talked about, uh, and DJ Chark, who's on his third team in three years, and he's even on a one-year contract uh, in Carolina as well. Uh, Mingo and Young will have the rookie chemistry. Uh, they might be the next quarterback, wide receiver, rookie combo in the same year to find success, following Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, and uh, Andrew, Luck and, uh, Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I think this guy's a big target. His competition is not good, and he's going to find immediate success on the field to at least give him a flex play. To have him at wide receiver 58, in my opinion, is just way off. He's got the draft capital. The only thing that scares me with Hayden Hurst taking about a quarter of the passing pie this year, I, I think he's going to have a hard time trying to find some <laughs> targets. But I like Mingo, hey, man. Don't uh, you're overestimating uh, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. You must really like those guys. Wider six, yeah, sixty-six. Go. I love Mingo. I'm out. By the way, um, I, I I like it. I like it. I've scooped him up everywhere I could in dynasty drafts and. That late in the draft, man, you're looking for those those young running backs and wide receivers. I'd definitely take a shot on him. Yeah, it's a good pick. Him and Rashid both. Rashid sophomore year, Mingo first year. Got the Goni endorsement. All right, we'll see you come the end of the year, man. That 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 wraps it up. We have one more episode uh, in the series that we'll get to next Friday. We got a Q and A that'll come out on Monday. Mad Mob making pledges for MVP. (laughs) 